This episode of Truth in This Art is a special edition, a partnership with the fine folks at 410 Lofts. 410 Lofts is a mixed-use housing community in the heart of the Bromo Tower Arts and Entertainment District. I'll be speaking with some of the creatives that reside in 410 Lofts. So for more information, please visit 410lofts.com. And now, on to your podcast. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I have the privilege of interviewing a designer, art director, performance artist who fuses together imagery, wearable art, and music to present inventive productions. Please welcome Velvet. Hi. Thanks for coming into the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, so as I was saying when we got started, I, I see some of your um, your items in and around uh, like your friend's place. So nice. this is going to make me look classy. So hopefully I don't mess this interview up. Uh, <laughs> no, you're doing great already. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's, oh, you're too kind. Uh, so for those who are not familiar with your work, can you tell us more about your art and mediums that you prefer to work within and how you come up with your concepts and ideas? I know that's a really long question. Yeah. Okay, let's break it down. Yeah, let's break it down. Part one. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, for those not familiar, uh, so tell us more about your art and like what mediums you like to work with in. Yeah. So, um, I mean, my art is, I always describe it as um, evolutionary um, and I describe myself as a transmogrifier because I feel that my art is just... Um, representative of who I am in whatever particular moment of my life I'm in at that moment. And so I like to portray that through my art. Um, a lot of the work that I have been doing has been around evolution through love and um, transformation through healing, which I think a lot of us are in that process right now, um, you know, coming out of COVID and just feeling like, you know, we were distanced from each other. There is a a, a need for healing within community and so um, right now that's where my art is focused and I love doing installations that kind of like fuse in uh, live music and like you said performance art, dance um, paint you know body paint um, yeah and I mean a lot of the things that I use I, I, I scrap a lot so sometimes I like go to construction sites and you know I might pull, see something I like and pull it you know oh, this is mine now <laughs> this is mine now <laughs> um, yeah so I use a lot of mediums it really just depends on what I'm creating in the moment if I'm designing clothes um, it could you know I, I, I'm working on a few different collections but for example my fairy collection I'm using a lot of tool and uh, share fabrics but then for my avatar collection you'll see a lot of um vinyl or vinyl and um like just harder fabrics that are representative of more of a futuristic and um yeah sorry i, I tend to <laughs> no no you're good you're good so a representative of like more of a futuristic world. Um, and then like my nothingness collection, I'm using actually like, do you know those like tarps that they use when you're moving? Like, I think they're called moving blankets, yeah, yeah. but um, that's like the main theme of that uh, collection. I'm using those because I feel like with nothingness, I want to really portray the idea of being like weighed down or like into the void and what that looks like both on the dark side and the light side um so yeah it really just depends but 
I like to source from everywhere. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so let's talk about the community. Let's let's talk about that because I think um, one of the themes that I hear a lot in Baltimore is we're a various communities in one larger mm-hmm. community, right? Mm-hmm. So how can like art bring the community together, and how do you how does art and change intersect? Yeah. So I think like with community. It's interesting, right? Because, you know, we tend to separate based off of, like, who we most relate to, um, which also is limiting in some way because we're limiting ourselves to perspectives and and experiences and um, even just, like, getting to know different people who might have something to offer to just, like, how we think. Um, And so, you know, I've always liked to look at community as um, just... In general, for me, people who um, are in the African diaspora, but um, in thinking of that, and I, I will say, like at my last installation, that kind of also changed my perspective because a lot of white people came to my <laughs> installation, and um, even in that, you know, they were participating by being there, and so. In that participation, they're getting to know who I am and what things I'm going through in, you know, my waking life. And um, that is community as well, because they having to interact with my art was them learning something from my experience. Um, And so, like, I'm learning to look at community as in a broader sense, because I don't want us to limit ourselves with um, just feeling like or saying where we're comfortable, um, but more so branching out and and being open to literally the change. Um, And I think a lot of us like right now, right, there's obviously, well, just honestly, for years it's been going on, but, um, you know, black people getting killed, um, sex trafficked, you know, things like that. Um, And it's going to take not just black people standing up for us but it's going to take you know white communities as well standing up for us and I feel like that healing is going to come from everyone coming together um so right now community to me is 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 that that wider uh spectrum of people and who we are as just like humans um and I'm hoping that we can all see that soon and change and so that we can coexist in a way that allows us to all be our individual selves and be our best selves and highest selves um, all together. So, yeah, <laughs> I hope I didn't ramble. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're a deep thinker. I love it. I okay. Love it. Um, so let's, let's talk about African-American art. Yeah. Should African-American art still be referred to as African-American art? <laughs> and, and, and in that same respect, it, like, I'm go off. I'm gonna go off uh, off script a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a little sneak dissing when it comes to it. it's like yeah that's, yeah. that's African American. Yeah, right I don't like there. that. <laughs> so, does it receive the respect that it, it deserves? Um, I mean, no. I that's like the <laughs> easy answer. I love it. I love it. It's like no. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel that one. You know, just like this classification of it's it's something that. Honestly, it's a part of a huge part of why I do what I do, because I really want to take away from this idea of like boxing, um, you know, anyone in 
any category of anything because honestly, like, yes, our art informs a certain um, way of being and living and um, is informed by history, et cetera. But, um, you know, you don't go and say like, oh, this is, I mean, you might say this is Japanese art, right? But like, there's less of a categorization when you go to these galleries and you see like different artists, they don't categorize them as African-American artists. They might just say, oh, this particular artist did this and this particular artist did that. Yeah. Um, and I think it takes away from the respect, one. Um, it takes away from being able to see where the artist might be coming from, their perspective, because you're looking at it through a lens of like literally the box yeah. um, of that it, you think it fits in, inside of. Um, but yeah, so I mean... I am not a fan of the term African-American art. Um, not to say that I don't support it for those who do yeah. choose to um, resonate with that. I just think that it would be nice for us to move away from just the categorization and, and just really seeing like art for what it is. And that's pure creation, you know? Love it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it's almost like this is a weird example, but it's almost like when someone does the uh, taste test between like Pepsi and Coke. Yeah. It's like no label on there. Which one is it? Yeah. And do you like it? So I think if someone attaches some label to something, then your biases are baked in. Yeah. And I think whoever the artist is, their experiences are baked in, whether they're Mexican-American, whether African-American, whatever the case is, mm -hmm. their experiences are baked in naturally. And that kind of goes back to, I think you were saying earlier, with um, just that kind of that intersection and leading to change. Like, yeah. if you're interested in what someone does, if they're a black person, they're black whoever, or whatever their background is, their experiences are baked into their art. So exactly. but if you're kind of food, uh, spoon feeding them already, like, yeah. oh, well, this is this type of art. Yeah. Then you're going to come in with a bias instead of just appreciating it and then maybe learning and having discourse and conversation around it. Absolutely. And you you see that, like, in the larger industry as well. Um, you know, just, like, this separation, um, it took the longest time for black models to even be on the runway, um, you know, or be considered as beautiful. And it was when it was a black model, it was a certain type of black model. You had to have European features or, you know, so it's across the board where it's just this... Um, this like lack of appreciation for true form, mm. yeah, and <laughs> that sucks. So, which which even kind of <laughs> in some ways goes against some of those kind of maybe the more Mediterranean, but some of those like European ideals of like the sculptures and stuff. It's like yeah. they were imperfect. Yeah. So what is this this body type you're looking for? What is this? <laughs> well, you know. Well, everything's fake. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, what has your experience been as a, a, a black person in the art world? I think we were already touching on that a little yeah. bit. And, but how has it changed maybe since you, you've started? So um, I would just say, like, I paved my own way. You know, I really didn't care about Love it. <laughs> what people thought. Or, talk that talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know what, I'm going to do this because this is what I want to do. And. Like, you know, nobody can tell me no unless I allow them to. And um, I mean, I, I'd say more so um, speaking to being a woman, because a black woman, 
trying to do, you know, like what I do, it's like really hard sometimes to push through like the masculinity and like patriarchal like um, dynamic of like how systems are set up, especially in the entertainment and industry and um, fashion and all that. Like uh, it's a lot of like exploitation and and if you're a woman it's like well we can see if you're good if you can do this first and like <laughs> I, mean, I would say that's been more of a barrier than the me being black because for me you know blackness I'm black to my core and so it's just like you know you can't tell me <laughs> that I can't come into spaces and be um, unapologetic about who I am um and yeah, like I don't know. I just I guess I just never let anybody tell me no. They try, but I, I love it. I love it. it it's, yeah. it's one of those things where you you encounter it when people are carving their own path, making their own lane. You have just just unremarkable people just telling you like, well, you should maybe just stick to this. Yeah. How about you stick to yourself? Like <laughs> yeah. I, you know, if you're able to do music, fashion, all of these different yeah. things. And then if you're good at all of them, then why does it matter? Why do you care? Yeah. And that's like, I used to look at, and it's not the same, obviously, but I used to look at what I'm doing as a, as a podcaster, and I've been doing it for 13 years. Wow. Some of the stuff I used to hear, oh, you just record your mom's basement. And now it's a yeah, multi-billion dollar industry. Wow. It's really, yeah. it's really funny how that yeah. works. Why it is funny how it works, it? yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, like, I mean, even before um, Pierre Moss, like, uh, are you familiar with Pierre sure. Moss? Well, um, Kirby is like a, he's a black designer in New York. And, um, you know, he started doing fashion shows with all black models, et cetera. But you know, that was something I was doing for years. Like, but it's like when it comes out in a way, it's like, oh, this person is popular and they're doing this popularized mm -hmm. thing and now it's time to uplift black people. So now this person can be popular for what they do. And this person falls into that category too. Like, mm -hmm. and it just, it, it devalues like, you know, the work that has been being put in and, at the um, lower level, I would say, you know, or just the underground level of um, artists, because I feel like a lot of artists um, in the underground scene were pushing the resurgence of the industry in a sense. Um, and that's why it changed. Um, and then the industry responded because that's how it goes. You know, like we artists, we we push change and then <laughs> the world responds and makes it look like they did they did the change. Yeah, we, we, were, we were on the cusp. We were on the, the, the edge of things. Yeah. You weren't. I no. assure you, you were not. You were not. And it, it, it's, it happens. It's so reactionary. It's just yeah. like, what? Yeah. No, it's not, that's not how that works. Let's, um, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk yeah. about um, Catalyst and 100% Cacao. I had to say it like cacao. Yeah. I like saying it like that. Yeah. I'm glad you said it right. Some people do not say it right. Cacoa. Yeah. It's, I'm like, can you read? It's like, when you, it's like, can I have a taco? Like, it's not how you say that. Not how you say <laughs> it. Not, not at all. Um, yeah. Okay. So Catalyst uh, was my very first project 
which, wow, because I feel like you did your research, but okay. <laughs> Catalyst was my very first project. Um, I had just graduated from GW, and um, I knew that I didn't want to actually f do anything with my degree in journalism and mass communication. <laughs> but, you know, in a way I did, but it's still just like, I was like, I want to make things and I want to do art. Um, and at the time, I was um, kind of involved with a friend who was reading Sheryl Sandberg's um, book on, like, it's, it's called Lean In, but it's basically, like, how women can break the glass ceiling and, um, like, women's association within roles that they're not normally um, given or put into. Um, and then Street Etiquette, which I don't know if you're familiar with Street Etiquette, but they're, they were a group in New York, um, Joshua Kissy, and um, I can't remember the guy who worked with him, but they did um, things for black men. So they did this series that was uh, collegiate, uh, black men on a campus in New York and they were like dressed in different ways. They had like a political scene, you know, things like that. And so I took those two concepts and I was like, you know what, like I want to showcase black women. Like I feel like, you know, we often get very little recognition for the things we do and like Black women are <laughs> very crucial to honestly like change in general, especially in communities, uh, in black communities. Um, and so I wanted to showcase women who were, I was familiar with, who were doing things that in their communities, changing um, perspectives, bringing forth their art, being bold about it. Um, so I chose, I think, 16 women and um, each of them did something in their own right, but I, I did choose like specific topics. Uh, so I did like CEOs and artists. I did like a presidential election type scene. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to kind of just portray black women in roles that they're not normally associated with or may not feel bold going into yeah. um, and give them that confidence through the imagery that, um, you know, was portrayed through the shots. So, um, yeah, I styled all the women. I, um, <laughs> we crashed George or Georgetown university. <laughs> they told us we couldn't do it there. And I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> so, uh, we went anyway, they were having homecoming that weekend. So it was actually perfect because everybody was at the game. And so we like took over, um, one of the classrooms yep. down in like this building. So nobody bothered us. <laughs> I think till the end. <laughs> you play by your own rules. Right? <laughs> like, this is going to happen. I'm just yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> literally. So you can be with it or not, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then 100% uh, Cacao is a larger project that um, I feel is going to be the the child of Afro Velvet. Okay. <laughs> um, but 100% Cacao was birthed as a way initially just to have a production that was... Um, you know, fully black and models, designers, um, you know, behind the stage people, the lighting people, the makeup artists, um, everybody who's a part of it is brown, black. And um, 
the first time I did it, I did it inside of a black owned boutique and I just styled the models based off of um, some themes that I had. But then I was like, well, I want to design clothes and (laughs) I actually see this as a bigger vision and storytelling. Um, I grew up in theater and so I've always wanted to incorporate like music and theater and I grew up in church as well. So, um, just thinking about how I can inco- how I could incorporate all of those things into one and tell a story of how you know we have transformed and how we will be transforming into the future. Um, that was what 100% Cacao was initially birthed to do, and um, in the future, I really see it changing uh, not just you know, fashion, but media, um, because I also am doing films that go with each collection. And so I want, you know, black and brown babies to be able to look and see themselves in these alter alter forms, not just this, you know, trend setting, trend based form, beauty and standards that really are just cringy to me (laughs) um but I really want you know us to embrace our yeah our individuality our imagination um and you know like who we are to the core and so that's what 100% cacao is all about is going back to the core chocolate is derived from cacao and the cacao seed is in Africa. <laughs> um, and so really just like, yeah, back to the, the seed. Yeah. I admire that. Um, uh, the rapid fire questions, they, um, they don't require any context. It's like, it is what it is. Okay. Uh, favorite wearable to produce? Sustainable. Favorite art city? Like city has a reputation for being like big in an art scene. Um, I've never been, but Tokyo. <laughs> Well, me neither. I want to go. I'm uh, going though. <laughs> favorite color to work with? As I see various colors right here in front of me, favorite color to work with? You got to say what it is you got going on right now. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, Put you on the spot. <laughs> oh no. Can I just say neon? Sure. Okay. <laughs> neon. No cheating, but go on. <laughs> um, hidden talent. Because you do a lot. You do a lot, and uh, we can't really cover all of it in this podcast, yeah. but what's that hidden talent that not too many people know, except for people that are really close to you know that you're mm. like, hmm, I get real busy in the kitchen, or whatever okay. the thing is. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is. Well, I say roller skating. That's a talent. Yeah. I can't roller skate. Um, lastly, um, the hashtag that best describes you. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag uh, <COVID. laughs> yeah, I was going to say hashtag. I, don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so uh, lastly, um, where can they check you out on social media? Where can they find you? Yeah. Website, all that good stuff. Please share. Yes. Okay. So my website is under construction, but it still can be found at um, afrovelvet.com. And um, you can find me on Instagram at afrovelvet, Twitter on F as Afro Velvet. Um, you can find my music on all streaming platforms under Afro Velvet and also on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. 
And I think that is it. You guys cannot know my Tumblr. <laughs> and don't go look. Okay. <laughs> uh, so for the super talented and entertaining, this has been entertaining, um, Afro Velvet, I am Rob Lee saying that this art in and around Baltimore, you just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.